Welcome to the Fitness or Fiction podcast. Today's episode, we're discussing how bad do you want it? Real bad. Joined as per usual by my sergeant at arms, Mr. <sighs> Berg. See, my arms are too big. Yeah, I know. Yeah, too long. Mm. They're pretty small. They're large. Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the hype of the health and fitness industry. Every week, we dig into a new topic and help you wade through the real information to make solid decisions on your fitness journey. Well, let's talk about the subject, man. How bad do you want it? Now, this is something that, it, you know, when we talk about cutting through the hype, this is one of the biggest hyped things that I see out there. You see every single video is somebody working really freaking hard and it's snapshot after snapshot of things that are interesting, things that are hard. And so the idea that's kind of prevailing amongst people is that they have to go at things so crazy all the time that I think it's actually really important to talk about what it looks like to get where you want to go what it actually looks like yeah the delusion of social media and TikTok and instagram reels and the hype behind it um you know i've fallen trap into it too you know some guys they'll post their workout video where they're like they're staring at themselves all intensely in the camera and then they take their shit off and then they start doing a crazy big set and they're super jacked and shredded and vascular and it's super motivational and hype and you're like oh there's there's i could that's attainable i could look like that doesn't show that dude like weighing out his chicken and then Sleeping taking some away hours. to actually get the amount that he needs for the day yeah. and planning out what his week looks like. It doesn't show all that because that's mm. not sexy. Turning down all the food that his friends are eating. Yeah, man. And uh, bringing his meal prep out to the restaurant with his boys. Yeah. Well, and this is, this is the innate challenge. So let's talk about what it actually looks like. Let's, let's talk about what goes into it. I think we can break this topic down um, piece by piece. So we can break it down into exercise. We can break it down into nutrition. We can break it down into rest. Which one do you want to start with, compadre? It's essentially all lifestyle habits, but, you know, fitness. Let's, let's break it down by what it is, the workouts first, I guess. Cool. Well, I think it's fair before we start to just say, in my experience, consistency beats the crap out of intensity. Absolutely, yeah. Consistency is king. It trumps uh, intensity and motivation. I'm just not motivated to work out today. Oh, man. I had a client this morning tell me, oh, I'm low energy today. I was like, man, you can be whatever you want, but you're going to finish these damn reps. <laughs> <laughs> right? And that, that's part of what I'm there for. But, you know, that's, I'm not being mean. I'm being real. Like, you're here to do something. We got to do it. Mm -hmm. And you're... Your sensation of whether you feel the same as usual, it really, it doesn't matter that much. Mm -hmm. Like if you're, if you're out for a single, like if you're, if you're looking for identifying a new one rep max or something. Peak week or something. But for the average person, the intensity that we're going to want to keep them at is going to be somewhere between like, you know, if you're a strength athlete between 70 and 85% makes a lot of sense. If you're somebody that's looking for straight up aesthetics between like 80 and 95 is actually kind of where you live you're going to be going to failure much more often mm -hmm. um but when we look at exercise i'm just going to start with one and you can tell me what you think of it so i think most people we talked about intensity last week and and the misunderstanding of what intensity looks like i had a client this morning in fact just be like oh man i need to go again and she had done a really hard set i had her doing sets of six to eight which is lower reps for her mm -hmm. and 
She's like, oh, I need to go again. I've been resting too long. And she goes and she just, she couldn't do it. I'm like, no, you need your full rest. Yeah. Part of this is engaging what your program is because if your program's correct, you're going to need that. Yeah. So I think the first place that we can talk about it with exercise, how bad do you want it? It's not just about showing up and blowing your brains out with intensity. In fact, if you do that every session, you're going to have a problem. It's more about respecting the actual protocol or program where it's like, okay, I'm, I know how hard I need to work. I'm going to make that happen, but I'm going to take my rest periods just as seriously. And if I don't need them, I probably didn't hit the right intensity of the set. Mm-hmm. How do you see this in exercise? Well, you know, we've encountered that throughout the gym, especially, you know, like the cardio bunnies and people who want to superset everything or triple set everything or people want the, uh, you know, I don't think it's wrong for people to shoot for like the minimum effective dose and things like that. Um, Do you mind if I get tangential here? Yeah, please do. Cause, I'm kind of cutting you off, but... Well, I'm just like, I'm just floundering in the topic here no, because there's, not, there's, it's a big topic. It is, but let's talk about cardio. For a person that wants better body comp, do they need to consistently be blowing their brains out with cardio? Theoretically, they're going to get more bang for their buck focused on their nutrition. Absolutely, they and are. This is things where I've talked about with people where they're like, you know, they come in and they're like, oh, I'm ready to work out. And they got the hype and motivation. I'm going to do, I want to work out six days a week. I'm going to work out seven days a week. Five days resistance and two days cardio. I'll do cardio every day. I'm like, well, why don't we dial this down to three or four days a week? And then the other three or four days, focus on your nutrition and your meal prep and making sure because that's the, that's the dying horse that nobody wants to attend to. Well, I'm, I'm going to say something that's a little bit offensive. Are you okay with that? Uh, you probably won't offend me, so unless you call my arm skinny. Cardio is the best for cardiovascular health. Mm-hmm. If you want to be good at running, run. If you enjoy it, do it for sure. I'm not against running. But bang for your buck, changing your physiology to be less fat, more muscle. Go and look at research on this. Look at it up. Look, look at resistance training versus cardiovascular training and what happens to body composition. The scalability of body composition training for resistance training is way higher than for cardiovascular training. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you start looking at, well, what sort of adaptations can I get? little tiny doses of cardio they can be okay but when you look at like you'll find studies where they do uh one 30 second isometric contraction and they measure changes in that muscle tissue over a six-week period it's crazy whereas in cardiovascular exercise like take 30 minutes of anything or 30 seconds of anything sorry and try to show me that sort of outcome Mm -hmm. Uh, the cardiovascular system is running during weights and if you're cycling your, your stimulus properly, when we look at body comp, I, I actually just think a lot of the cardio people do is unnecessary. Do you agree with that or do you think that's crazy? I think, I think looking through it at that lens, it's almost like isolating a small target percentage of the, the gym-going population because I think most people think they put in more work than they actually do and i think most people think they eat better than they actually do so even the, the crowd that you're talking about you're probably correct but i feel like the actual crowd who says like i hit my program and i do my cardio and things like that they're probably missing more than what they're actually saying yeah i i actually think this uh, this applies to a huge umbrella of people because 
most people that come to the gym, what's the number one goal that you have heard in the last decade? Weight loss. I want to lose fat and gain muscle. Mm -hmm. And then the first place that they go is like, oh, cardio burns fat. No, it doesn't. Cardio is going to burn carbohydrates in your system. That's what it's going to do. The fat burn effect is going to be long down down the road. And if we look at the impact of your metabolic processes after creating um, mechanical damage or uh, getting really good mechanical tension through your workout, you're going to have a four-day window of metabolic change rather than four hours for cardio. So, mm-hmm. But all of that to say the idea, when, when we start looking at what it actually takes to change your body, I think consistency is key for sure. When it comes to exercise, I think that it's just as important to be putting in the intensity, the intention behind every exercise, every set, so that you actually require and earn your rest periods. Mm -hmm. And most people, what their idea of it is, is that they should be blowing their brains out and intensity is not resting. And we we talked that through last week, so we don't need to get there. Yeah, intensity too is a, it's a different animal because like what you're saying, people would perceive intensity through more so just sheer volume. Yeah, well, I didn't have to rest. I just kept going. Yeah, exactly. So sheer volume is intensity. And, you know, it's hard. I guess it it depends on how you approach that because sheer volume through something like a drop set would be different than sheer volume of, like, just not stopping doing light to mediocre weight and light to mediocre, like, form on your exercise routine. Yeah, well, the interesting thing about that is that mechanical tension, neurological changes, um, even mechanical damage, things like this, all of those stimulus really rely on intensity, not total volume. And total volume, you know, it correlates a little bit with muscle growth, but not as much as people think. So, like, I could could do a very low weight for a, a lot of reps, and that's like, well, I did way more volume. It's like, well, yeah, but... The actual effective reps that you did where your muscle was failing are very limited. Mm-hmm. So, and really the primary change there that you're going to find is in, in fuel usage. So people get bigger because their muscles holding more fuel. You can only do that so much. Yeah. Uh, and that's why you'll see these people that say, well, I've been doing this type of program for six years and I've been stuck for five. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people trying to build muscle, just like chase the pump. That's right. And the pump doesn't necessarily require maximum intensity. It kind of just... You can pump it up without uh, too much effort. Right. So I think if you do have a fat loss and muscle gain goal, it's pretty clear that you should be doing resistance training. Uh, But we can go into a different realm of that. When we start talking about how bad do you want it, how many days per week are you going to need to do to get some of the bodies that you've seen? Have you had people come to you with like, here's what I want to look like? Just ridiculous bodies. Yeah. Um, Yeah, obviously. People have a, like a delusion and misconception too on just what actually a natural physique is. And you have tons of people debating and arguing on the internet too what actually a natural physique is and being like, oh, you know, I think that guy's natural. Oh, me. Oh, he claims natty. So it uh, gives people a uh, misperception of what's actually attainable through natural means. Yeah, on face value, it doesn't seem bad for somebody that's taking steroids or SARMs or... I had someone ask me if you were on the juice within this last week. Yes. Wow. Kind of a compliment though, right? Well, that's kind of a compliment, I think. I don't know. They said you jacked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of a backhanded compliment. We could put it as that. You cheater. So one of the things that I have a hard time with, like I actually don't care if people decide to go that road. 
Um, I don't, just for the record. Um, I struggle to focus enough to take the protein powder and, Here you and go. creatine just that I should. Causing the delusions and misconceptions oh, on social man. media. But that's what I run into, right? <laughs> like People are like, oh yeah, well this person is totally natural. They said they were. And I'm like, well, I'm actually natural. Absolutely. And I have to have my blood work done every three months to make sure I'm not getting a fatal brain infection due to my medication. Mm-hmm. So for me, if I were to do something like that, it would be a very scary thing for my my generalized health based on my condition. But the challenge is when somebody puts out there, well, no, I'm not, and this is what I'm, you know, I, it's all natural, and this is what I'm doing. It's like, well, when you lie to people, you're creating a, a challenging expectation in their brain. And I, I think that one of the things people need to get is that they don't need to exercise every damn day really hard. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go exercise, yeah, be my guest, do it. But like when you think you're going to blow your brains out in the gym every single day, you're going to start digesting like crap. You're going to start sleeping like crap. And you're not going to get where you think. And it, it goes the same when we get to diet. We'll talk about limiting your intake too far. But when it comes to exercise, the people that I've seen that do the best are people that are working out four and five days a week. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that I've seen that have really great physiques and really perform well. Four to five days resistance training. Yes, and, you know, I don't see a lot of cardio with them. There's some CrossFit athletes that have really great physiques. Yeah. Um, they're, they're doing resistance training as part of their cardiovascular training. So that. Yeah, CrossFit physique is unique as well. It's not like your standard physique. They're very puffy everywhere, including the core. <laughs> it's kind of getting back to the topic we discussed before. Being what? Uh, natural athletes versus non. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure you have both of that. I'm not throwing any shade on anybody in particular, but I have seen a few people that are very, very good at CrossFit. And mm-hmm. I'm like, man, if that's a natural physique, like that person is very gifted. Yeah. And they could be, maybe. I'm, I'm not throwing shade, but... So yeah, I think that is a problem. But the expectation for somebody, I've had a few people send me, like, this is what I want to look like. And it's a person that is looking like four, five, maybe 6% tops body fat. And the percentages don't matter. They're shredded. Yeah. Then they tell me in the same sentence, I want to do 45 minutes three times a week and look like this. I'm like, good luck. Like how bad you want it. The real question is, what are you willing to put in to get there? Yeah. You know, it's an eye opener too for anybody who's listening. If you're curious on what like natural physiques look like, if you Google like natural bodybuilding competitions that are drug tested, those physiques look night and day difference compared to a non-drug tested bodybuilding stage. Yeah, Night absolutely. and day. Well, and being that shredded, can we say that being under 8% is usually not very healthy? Obviously. And the, so to that point, the natural competitors on the natural bodybuilding stage who have obtained those body fat percentages are that low. It's like they do that one or two times a year. And then the rest of the year, they're back up kicking like between like 12 to 15% body fat. Yeah, for me, sustainability is a big deal. I mean, when people are like, I want to be this shredded year round, it's like, well that's um i don't know that's in the cards mm-hmm. like when we i i was at six percent two years ago and it was starting to get to the point where i had an eight pack and whatever it wasn't because i was trying to get there it's because i was afraid about eating the wrong food after my diagnosis i was afraid mm-hmm. so i was like well i'm not going to eat any quick carbs at all which did impact my performance in my workouts not as much as i would have thought as i got used to it but it also meant that my body weight went down to like 156 pounds. I got really light. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, people are like, oh, you need to eat more carbs. I'm like, oh, I'm doing the keto thing right now and whatever. And I actually felt pretty good on that. When I went to vegan, I felt horrible. And then I found out that I have an intolerance to gluten and dairy. Um, but to stay at that percentage, I remember what it was like not looking like that anymore. Mm. And it, I had a sense of pride in looking like that, truthfully. Yeah. Um, but I remember what it was like not being able to see all eight of my six pack the same. Mm-hmm. And I was getting all sensitive about it. And I, I actually talked to my wife about it. I'm like, I think I'm, I think I'm actually starting to get a little bit on the side of like dysmorphia. Because yeah. I'm used to looking that way. And now I'm getting all sensitive that I don't. So it was something to work through. And it was not hard to work through, but it was, it was something. Yeah. So like when you look at the decisions that people make to get down that far, I think that you would have to have a pretty good reason to go that far because you're now getting outside of health. Yeah. The other thing is it takes a lot of focus and it's not just the exercise like you got to have pretty dialed in exercise but the other realms that we're going to talk about are important too as far as um, recovery and um, nutrition which you could say they're all part of the same thing but the end of the day when it, when it comes to exercise I think that respecting your program fully and then making adjustments where they need like oh I'm feeling tension here don't keep going through that wall like I have problems with my shoulders now because I, you know, in my last phase, I was doing this. Take it apart. Have a look at what's going on, right? It could be your execution. could be your intensity. could be a lot of stuff. So what's involved? Really, if you want to get really lean, it's going to be something that's going to be a minimum um, expectation of four to five times a week for at least an hour and 15 minutes, in my experience. Would you say that's accurate or crazy? I would definitely say that's accurate, if not more than that not necessarily in the gym but like lifestyle requirements outside of the gym perfect it's it's much larger than that the pain in the ass with this conversation though is you know how bad do you want it is curtis i want to be super jacked i want to be 200 pounds just jacked and i want to look like this guy right here oh you know eric that's not really in the cards It's, it's not realistic that guy might be on drugs or blah 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 whatever oh Hey, other trainer, could you make me look like this? And da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, buddy, I'll make you look like that. Yeah, no problem. We just got to do supersets and German volume training. And we'll uh, get you on some creatine, BCAA, arginine. <laughs> like, so we're getting, uh, we're getting to pandering now. That's, that's what we see. Yes, true. Lifestyle. Yeah. No, like, I, I want to finish that thought. It is true, and you have to be careful. I think the right approach on that is to say to the person, listen, you can get there. Here's what's involved in that. For instance, if you guys, anyone's listening, if you're on Instagram or YouTube, and if you've never looked up this guy, there's a new hotness on the internet, and his name's Liver King. Oh. And this guy is just a monster, and he claims Natty, and he claims that he gets there strictly by eating raw meat only, and he lives a prima- primal ancestral lifestyle of the tenets of primal being put your feet in the grass and drink sun and eat raw drink, liver drink sun. drink the sun and eat raw liver and you too will look like him it's he's not the first one to do it though but there's marketing agencies that will like attach to a person like that and be like oh we can we can build a brand around this guy and we're going to sell supplements and we're going to sell swag and equipment and workouts and programs all based off of you can look like this guy as long as you do what he does and if you don't look like him it's because you didn't do what he did. He didn't work hard enough for yeah, it. You need yeah. to adopt the lifestyle. Your freezer didn't look like his. Yeah, you didn't have enough raw bull testicles, and uh, <laughs> you didn't drink Call enough those sun. Prairie oysters. Did you know that? You didn't. You didn't drink enough sun and like absorb vitamin D. And so, yeah, 
I think it's fair to say if it seems too good to be true, it likely is. Fair. I, I think that's totally fair. And, you know, when you're looking at what are my goals, you need to understand that if you're making the decision to go there, you're going to be giving some stuff up. It's almost bad mentioning his name, though, because now, you know, we just sent him a couple more viewers to go and look at his BS, and he's probably just making bank off it. Well, you know, I can't really speak to him very much. I don't consume that sort of social media. I've seen it. Um, but one of the things that I would say is, you know, like if he's doing well and fine, good for him. Um, I think that it's really important that people have a look at what that that's like and be like, well, living that primal life, how am I going to do an eight-hour job? Yeah. I'm an accountant. I can't stand in the grass for eight hours, bro. <laughs> like <laughs> probably something like that, right? So, you know, when it comes to exercise, what's it going to look like? I'm going to say that that same metric again, which isn't fair, but it's going to take at least four or five days a week. It's going to take at least an hour and 15 minutes. These are our bare-ass minimums. If you want to get anywhere that's close to kind of that uh, really lean physique mark. Yeah, for most people, I would say, like, if your meal prep's not on point two, like, if you're having any hiccups or anything like that, it's probably going to be four to five days of resistance training with some two-a-day cardios in there as well. That's what a lot of the natural bodybuilders have to do to actually make it happen to, like, essentially tie up loose ends that burn a couple of 400 extra calories at the end of the day. Well, and those people, just to tie up exercise here, a lot of those guys, if you listen to what they're actually doing, they don't do cardio throughout their season. They, they use it very sparingly in the last 6 to 12 weeks to prep for stage because they don't want to burn that stimulus too early. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it is it is one of these things. But then to try to talk about doing it all year round. Oh, man. Be crazy. cut all year round. Yeah, can you imagine how bad that would feel? Oof. Anyways, I think we tied up exercise. Uh, if you have anything else that you want us to discuss on exercise, we'd love to hear from you, so please do that. But... You know, we were talking about nutrition. We might as well get into nutrition. This is this is going to be a little bit of a quicker conversation in some ways, I think. But, you know, how bad do you want it? How does that apply to nutrition? Counselor Berg. How bad do you want it? If you want to look super shredded year-round, it's probably extremely strict nutrition. Um, counting your macros and having everything on point. 95% of the time, not the 80-20 rule. Before we go further, do you think that it's healthy to be focused in on your macros and your exercise that hard year-round? Absolutely not. I don't <laughs> think it's, um, you know, as a person who loves exercise and I love playing and things like that, I don't, you know, I, I only personally try to coach my clients to go down the macro road just so they can kind of start understanding how the different macros affect their energy levels and their fuel and how satiated they are. And uh, also to help them understand portion portion control, portion sizing. Because I don't think anybody has the time year-round to measure out their food every day, all day. And if you do and you're that self-absorbed into your physique, and like especially if it's not your profession to be, like if you're not like a professional fitness model or professional bikini model or anything like that, you just you just need to look like that all the time. And you're like, it's that's a lot of energy to put into that aspect of your life and i wouldn't consider that health anymore yeah i wouldn't go so far as to say that it's 100 percent dysfunctional all the time because some people they're they're built a different way where they they just want to know that they're taking the right steps and that can be a really good thing but i would say it's a really big risk to become really dysfunctional there and i stopped coaching nutrition altogether for like 10 years because i saw 
I think it was four girls in a row that were coming out of competitions and they had developed eating disorder tendencies. Mm -hmm. So I was referring them out to psychologists and psychiatrists and stuff like this. And it was really bothered me. I didn't want to be part of that. So I just, I was just like, I'm going to focus on exercise. And that's what I did for a long time. Um, but when it comes to nutrition, the consistency of focus is the challenge. And I am a person where oh, people are like, oh, you must eat perfect all the time. I'm like, no, no, far from. Like I eat what I want pretty much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the last, I'm trying to get really good at, at um, minding my macros over this period of, of six months. Because if I'm going to ask people to do that, I want to know the ins and outs of it and what I go through so I can discuss that with them really well. So I've been doing that pretty consistently. But my sensation on nutrition is that people need to know the basic two things and the basic two things are am i eating for enjoyment right now or am i eating for fuel and most of the time i think people get stuck up eating for enjoyment too often so food becomes a drug for them it's no longer fuel and that's why you'll hear me say things like well don't talk to me about your relationship with food because it's a bad one you don't treat a good relationship like a means to an end and that's how we treat food yeah, over the past couple of years, I've talked to a couple of people, especially who are just like all food that I eat should be delicious. Like everything, everything I eat totally. should be amazing. Otherwise, why eat it? Like, why would I eat something that doesn't taste good? Because your body requires it. That's an easy answer for me. But it's a hard sell, right? So when it comes to nutrition, you know, what's it going to look like to get where you want to get? It's going to be consistent focus. And the first thing that I would say is, you know, if you're not going to manage anything else, if you manage the total amount of calories you eat a day and the total grams of protein, you would be winning. Because when you have ups and downs with your protein intake, your body doesn't really know what to do with protein synthesis. It doesn't know if it's going to have that there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you get somebody consistent on their protein intake and their total calories, amazing stuff can happen. But that is hard fought stuff. Most people really struggle with that. Mm -hmm. so when it comes to nutrition what's involved like you know to get to your goal like how how bad do i really want it well you better be ready to drop a few things that you really enjoy for instance for me i miss lemon danishes so bad it's crazy lemon I mean, the best foods have gluten and dairy man yeah that's true I, i'm not gluten and dairy free because i love it i'm gluten and dairy free specifically because i think it can help me fight against my disease mm -hmm. i hate it yeah like every time I go to the grocery store and see the lemon danishes, I like walk by like a crackhead. I'm like, ooh, red balls. <laughs> like, like it is. For me, I love that sort of food. And yeah. I really loved to eat for enjoyment. And I still, I've found some ways to substitute and whatever else. I, I really haven't found a really nice fluffy lemon danish. <laughs> but uh, what's involved in trying to get to where you want to be, even if you were going to eat some food like that, you would plan out the rest of your day around it so it didn't blow up your carbs that day. Yeah. And even if you're being more chill on it, like for me, carbs and, and fats are interchangeable e pretty much. Even then, if you did that too many days in a row or too many days in the month, it's going to affect your performance and your ability to actually oh, jive in your workouts. It'll blow up your cravings. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It's, it's... So it's not... It's not it's not even a strategy just to say, oh, just work around it because you can't work around it if you did it every day. You can't yeah, work around you, it if you... You got to keep a treat a treat, I would say. Mm -hmm. But like I have, I often have a bowl of ice cream in the evening and it fits my macros and I feel fine. So, you know, it's, I think you can get away with it, but the consistency and the, the focus that you need to make sure you're where you should be is something that is the thing that people struggle with. Even talking about this, this topic of being, you know, super shredded all year round, 
how many people do you see that's super shredded all year round that does that's not on your cell phone like when i go walking in the mall i go walking into the mall and i go to the gym and i go to the park and i'm like i'm in the world not one <laughs> not one listen we go to the pool almost every friday that's actually a dig because you're not there very often anymore but um <laughs> That was a microaggression. Right so there. you saw. Uh, so what you're saying though is you saw one when I was there all the time. That's correct. Yes. 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 I'm talking <laughs> about you. Uh, no, when you go to the pool and you look around, like the average person does not look like the quote unquote average person that you see on Instagram. Yeah. I think that really messes with people's heads. But this is almost sounding negative, and I, you shouldn't be afraid to want to go after some serious goals. But all I'm saying is that you really want to understand what's involved because. For a lot of people, this isn't just going to be like, oh, yeah, I, I did 10 weeks and now I'm like this forever. Like, that's not going to be what it is, even though that's what's being sold to us. Yeah, it needs to be realistic. My yeah. client right now who's had an amazing transformation over the last six months, he's a obtained his six-pack essentially and he's looking phenomenal. Everything is on point though. Like between his meal prep, his cardio, supplementation, his workouts with me four days a week, everything's on point. I told him like the difference between me and him right now though is if – we both stopped at the exact same time, he would go backwards much, much faster than I would from 10 years of just pure consistency. Yeah. Well, that, that turns on different genes as well. Like mm -hmm. your body is responding differently to stimulus than his is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like my client Manuel, like he's done incredibly well. Man, he's done well. <laughs> Manuel. <laughs> uh, but like he's lost 22 pounds in the last month. Mm -hmm. And he's he's chosen a that's strategy a it's huge that's a lot of pounds yeah that's not normal that's huge he's training with me like four and sometimes five times a week mm -hmm. and he's also managing his rest and his his diet really well but 22 pounds in a month like he's he's not all the way to his goal but like i told him this is a huge jump you can't expect that going forward mm -hmm. and we went from like you haven't done exercise in a long time and you've really been taking your your enjoyment out of your meals you know um, to dropping that. So you'll see a quick change. And then after that, don't let it beat you up when you're not seeing these big numbers anymore. Yeah. Right. But what did he do? He dialed in everything really, really fast. So now the real game is consistency. Same thing. Yeah. So, but when it comes to diet, I think what's it really involved, it's the same sort of thing as exercise. The, the non-sexy sets, the non-sexy work that you do to speak with your coach and plan out, well, what stimulus am I doing? How should it feel? How am I executing that lateral? Like all that sort of stuff. That it's not sexy. You're not going to see it online. So you need to know that's coming. And I'm not trying to dissuade anybody from their goals. I just want them to know what's involved. Yeah, it's, this is just, it seems more of a reality check episode. A reality yeah. check that the shit's not easy and might not even be healthy at what you're looking to achieve yeah well and if we understand what's reasonable and what's involved we can go in with a better understanding of what we're going to accomplish here and like in the era of information you know what we say even if we gave out certain parameters on you know what like if you're looking to uh, get super shredded and count your macros a good place to start with your protein is like probably one to 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight if you go and Google that, you'll probably find 20 to 500 articles that say you shouldn't do that. And you'll find 500 articles that say you should do that. And then you'll find 500 articles that say, cut this, cut that, don't eat meat, don't eat cheese, only eat meat, like liver king. Um, hey, listen, if you look at all that research and put it side by side, vegan versus carnivore, the right answer is somewhere in between. 
like the people in the world that are living the longest, they do eat meat. It's mm. true. Uh, they eat more fish than the average population. But, you know, choose a strategy and stick to it is what I would say on that. We should cover how much protein do I need in a future episode. But last, should we talk a little bit about rest? Sure. So rest is one of these things where people, they don't really like to rest very much. Um, and when I talk about rest, I'm talking about like, you should be getting between seven and nine hours of sleep. When I say seven and nine hours and I ask people, you ever get nine? They're going to say, yeah, not very often. Yeah, I only need five, Curtis. Oh, man. Five I, is a good night. I, I function good off five. I would love if I only needed five, but I need eight. If I don't have eight, I'm a mess. Which is funny because, again, you're one of the more jack guys I know. And I'm not in terrible shape myself. And we both used to, I think, track our sleep on, you know, Fitbits or Apple Watches or whatever. And guaranteed me, too, it was like eight to nine hours every night. And I tell people that's not something I sacrifice for anything. I won't stay up and play video games late at night with the boys and be like, oh, I've got to wake up in eight hours. Well, I can. I only need six hours sleep. I'm like, hell no. I need eight and a half hours sleep. Like, I need at least eight. Eight is the minimum. Well, especially when you understand how much you suffer for that two hours. That's going to be multiple oh, days. Yeah, I don't. So... You know, nutrition is part of recovery. Um, I think drinking enough water, um, taking your time to relax. This is something I struggle with. Same. Yeah, like I'm one of those guys that I'm a little bit hyper. And this world doesn't really help you relax with the cell phone and the TikTok and the notifications and the red bubbles and the TV and computers and just everything is stimulus. And you have you have a larger network than you used to too. Like yeah. friends like, you know... I text Curtis and Curtis doesn't text me back. What the hell? Curtis is dodging me. Or maybe Curtis was busy. Or maybe Curtis is training clients. Or maybe he is with his sons. Or whatever the case may be. Like, was the text message urgent? Did I call him? Did I leave him a voicemail and say, yo, text me back ASAP, Rocky. I need an answer right now, Curtis. Like, people, people get, are, they yeah. get worked up over that shit. People that get sensitive like that probably don't text me anymore because I'm not great on my cell. But I'll tell you, for me, restful, I'm an extrovert. So I recharge around people. The night before last, me and my wife turned off all the screens and we had a little four ounce glass of Fetzer Gertz Demeanor, which is our go-to white wine. It's delicious. Mm. I hadn't had it for a long time. We sat down. It was chilled, you know, but we just sat and talked for about half an hour. That's what I would consider quality rest. Mm -hmm. Being with the person that I love the most, debriefing where we're at, chatting about where we want to go, like just... Those quiet times, to me, man, especially having three kids around, I love my kids and everything, but the little quiet times, whether it's with Sarah or Lucas or Leo or Will, when I get quiet time with the people I love, that is that is what I find deeply restful. Yeah. Speaking for myself, for like the rest thing, like with the stomach issues I've been battling over the past years, I notice a difference in my stomach if I sit down and just do nothing for 20 minutes, and it's different. If I sit on the couch with my cell phone and scroll for 20 minutes versus sit on the like couch and do nothing, no music, no nothing, but just sit there and put my hands on my stomach and feel myself breathe, it's like it's like a broken car trying to start again. Like things start moving and you can feel things. It feels better. Things are processing again. Like the system's like, oh, thank God. Like he finally shut down, folks. That's your parasympathetic system, right? Like so our sympathetic system is like fight or flight. Our parasympathetic is going to be like rest and digest. Shocking that your stomach feels better. Nasal breathing on its own gives better diaphragmatic breaths. And the best connector between sympathetic and parasympathetic is in fact breathing. 
because it can be autonomous or voluntary. Mm -hmm. So when you take some deep nasal breaths and you're breathing through your diaphragm and you just take some time to do that, your delta waves in your brain change and it's going to push you into that rest and recover phase faster. Um, so that makes total sense to me. Um, but really when it comes to rest, I think people need to just identify it's not about quantity necessarily, but it's about making sure that it is a part of your day. And it can't be every day. I get that. Life gets crazy sometimes. But even just a minute or two to just think about life and get the breath in your system can go a long way. Yeah. Well, and that, that kind of where people struggle with the all or nothing mentality, right? Well, if I can't do a 30-minute meditation, what's the point? There's no point in doing a 60-second just sit here and breathe. And for the record, if you sit there and do nothing for 60 seconds, time, like the perception of time moves much slower than it does on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, and life doesn't work all or nothing, you know? Like, the, I like to talk to my kids about the perception of juggling, and I got this from my buddy Chris Hodgins. I don't know where he got it from, but, you know, when we're juggling, it's like juggling balls, right? So the amount of things that you take on in your life, you're juggling. Some of the balls are rubber, some of them are glass. So some things, you can let them bounce and pick it up, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that might be, you know, with some of my best friends from high school, I don't talk to them every day. Um, so it's like, yeah, that relationship, I got to let it bounce right now because I'm focused on things that are glass, like my sons that are developing at a very fast pace and need my attention and focus when they're done at school, my relationship with my wife, that's glass. I can't, I can't let that go for days at a time. Mm -hmm. There's certain work tasks that are rubber. I can, I can deal with that. It's like, I can send that email next week. I can get back to that person next week. I can, I can do this, but when you're juggling, rest is one of those things that if you treat it like a rubber ball for too long, you can run into a bad scenario. And for me, I actually think that's part of the, the reason why I developed my condition. And I think, I think there's some reasonable evidence to say that's true. Um, not like trying to beat myself up and say it's my fault, but I, I think if I did a better job of rest and recovery instead of just go, go, go and beat my body up so much, that wouldn't be where I am today. Like, juggling. Eric, throw me that chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> I could do it, I swear. <laughs> throw me that motorcycle, Eric. <laughs> Curtis, this motorcycle weighs 200 pounds. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Should we summarize? We've been talking a while. Mm -hmm. All right, when it comes to how bad you want it, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take big goals. I'm not saying that you shouldn't take big leaps. I've made a few of those. In the last year, I've made a couple. You know, quitting my damn job, that was a big leap for me. Um, the thing that I would say is when you're going to take a leap, know what's involved, manage your expectations, and make damn good and sure that you're willing to put in the work that you're going to need to with that new endeavor. Yeah. And that, that's not just exercise, but I think it applies really well. Yeah, I think you need to really ride, ride the discipline and resilience wave more than the motivation and the hype and the BS and you got to approach things with, especially within this industry, with a, a healthy bit of skepticism. Because there's a lot of people out there trying to sell you snake oil. I can't uh, tell you how many ads I go through on the Facebook marketplace because I shop there when I'm just bored and I got five minutes just to see if there's any sweet deals. It's weird. Like, all the gym equipment is trashy ab machines. And I'm like, they must have got their abs already. They must have purchased that machine, got their abs, and now they don't need it anymore. It obviously worked. It works so well. 
so they don't need it no more. So everyone's selling their shitty ab machines. We got to do a session on protein intake and then um, belly fat. We got to do some sessions on that coming up here. What you're saying is you just want to buy all those ab machines and test them in the garage. That's right. We should do it. (laughs) I I seriously think we should accumulate like a hundred of them and be like, here's the one I like the best. Well, how bad do you want it? Keep it real. The amount that you want it needs to coincide with what you're willing to put in and what you're willing to leave behind. And what's realistic that you can put in? Because you might want to put more than what you got. There you go. Leave us a comment. Subscribe. Talk about Curtis's biceps in the comments especially. Or Eric's abs. One of the two. Catch you later. Thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate your support. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, follow, and throw us a like on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts.